Hey guys, welcome to Bag and Boardcast, episode number 403. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that normally comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, giving you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the Q, the thing that we are watching, interested in watching, or doing in this uh, quarantined world we live in. Yeah, and then we always follow up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it's time for our, it used to be monthly, uh, trade and policy. And today we actually have a John pick. And this is coming to us from Dark Horse Comics. And this is Black Sad. It's a uh, collection of three, you know, detective noir stories starting a, uh, hardened, a hardened dick, uh, John Black Sad. Twist is, everyone's animals and he's a cat. Yeah. And um, I think uh, this might have been one of our longest hiatuses where we've had the big book picked and hadn't got a chance to read it since, I think, the first trade-in policy of Habibi. Most likely. <laughs> That's just because we didn't want to read that book. <laughs> <laughs> this was just yeah. because oh, things pop up. There's a lot, a lot of stuff going on, but nothing going on. It's weird. It's still weird. A month into it, yeah. But uh, we're a um, month into it, and let me tell you that I've now drinking basically all the beer uh, that's been in my house, and now I'm having to move on to mixed drinks. How about you guys? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm still drinking beer. I've been making my weekly trips out to breweries to pick stuff up. Um, this past week, I went back to Castle Church Brewing, so I'm going to have three beers from there. Uh, one's one of the same ones I had previously, just because it was. It was something great, and I just wanted to have things around to drink in my apartment. So uh, I'm starting off with their Hop Substantiation IPA, uh, 6.5% ABV. This is a new one for me. Um, when I went there, oh, when was it? Monday, I want to say, because it was last week now. Um, I wanted to get a couple crawlers just to have some stuff to drink throughout the week. Turns out they were out of crawlers, and they were going to be getting more later. All they had to offer were gallon bags of beer which i'm assuming is what looks like what's inside of the box of wine that people are fans of i've i've never actually had one so i don't know what it looks like inside there but it's basically a silver bag it's 128 fluid ounces uh there's about eight pints per per gallon so i got three different gallons of beer Uh, (laughs) but here's the thing like Yes, that's a lot of beer, but also I'm not doing anything. So I wake up in the morning, I have coffee, or I'll make myself a breakfast smoothie. Uh, and then for the rest of the day, it's just hanging out, playing video games, reading, watching Netflix, Hulu, and drinking. So it's so it's been worthwhile. It was a good investment because, I mean, I've even like tried to save beer to have for the show today. And I still have like a full bag of the uh, next one I'll be having because I was saving that one for the show. Yeah, so I, I still got enough beer for like another three days. Well, like not only that, like you're not opening anything, right? You just open the little spout and it pours into your glass. Yeah. Um, it honestly, the bags look like a big Capri sun bag almost. Like yeah. It's that same kind of like silver mylar. And then it has like a gravity like tap on the bottom of it. So yeah, you basically just like pop it, it pours into the glass and, so th- that's it. Really, these can 
hold for a while because you're not exposing it to air or you're yeah, not letting there's no air. There's no light getting in. So it's, I mean, yeah. the IPA that I'm drinking right now, this was the first one that I cracked open because I was excited to try it the day that I brought everything home. And I think that night I drank like three pints of it. It's got like a nice hoppy bitter onto it, but still got like some good floral notes to it. It's just after drinking three of them back to back to back because I had nothing else going on. My palate was kind of wrecked. So I was like, Ugh, I can't drink anymore, but it's incredibly drinkable. Like if it was just like a little bit less on the IBUs, I don't know what it, it's set at because again, everything's coming in nope. big silver bag. Uh, I don't know, but if it was a little bit less bitter, I, I could just probably keep draining this because it's very nice, very, uh, very crispy. Yeah, I think I think they've created something new there because I would probably want to bring that back in a bag like that because I could drink it over many days if I just kept it cold, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's basically one of those bags is the equivalent of two full growlers. Um, I think it was a good deal. I mean, they charged me $30 per gallon. I got three. So, I mean, it was 120 bucks. Yeah, a lot. But again, I bought all this beer over well almost over a week ago now and i still have a full bag of one and then i have probably enough left in the bag of this for maybe like another half a pint and probably like a pint and a half in um, the other beer that i'm going to be having yeah i I, I got my i got my money's worth out of it like i feel like it was a great price on i did the math on it and it worked out to being three dollars and 75 cents a pint which isn't bad. I mean, you'd be paying more than that if you go anywhere for a beer. So yeah, and I mean, two. I mean, it, basically, you got six growlers. You know, fifteen bucks a piece for like a regular growler isn't extraordinary. You know, like that's pretty decent. Sometimes you pay fifteen bucks for a crowler. So mm-hmm. I mean, you definitely. I think I think you've definitely won in this situation. Especially, <laughs> you don't have to drink all of them in one sitting. You can just. Pour, yeah. pour it as you want. I think it's, I mean, it's not like I think it's fantastic. This way, it's not as carbonated as it was when I first got it. But again, it's been it's been in my fridge for a week. It's still great though. Yeah, it doesn't affect it at all. That's what I was going to ask. I'm like, oh, but it's in a bag. You know, the more liquid you pull out, the more area there is for the gas to escape. So, did lose carbonation. So, I guess it does a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you updated when I uh, pop my next one. We'll see if that one's still carbonated at all. Yeah, when you do that one, try. Can you see like rolling like the top of the bag up so it doesn't like the gas? If if you keep it tight to the beer, if the gas will stay in it, like the carbonate, you won't lose as much carbonation. Um, like close it with a clothespin. Yeah, or a sandwich bag. I don't have any of that. So. Or a uh, you know the potato ch- uh, potato chip. Clear. I don't even have that. I don't keep chips. I pop that bag open and I demolish it all that evening. Like, it's a challenge at that point. I just, I just like eating chips. But John, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a new beer from Elgaville Brewing Company, and this is their Pineapple Upside Down Shake. This is an IPA brewed with pineapple and cherry puree, coming in at six point seven percent, and this beer. Sound effects. Holy work. Uh, it kind of tastes like an okay IPA. 
there's not a lot of pineapple on it. You get a little more of the cherry on the back end. Um, and also, it's called Pineapple Upside Down Shake, which makes you think that this would have, you know, like be a milkshake IPA. It is not. It is just an IPA that they put shake in the title of. So all around, I'm not loving this beer. It's uh, better than the beer I opened before the show that I poured out, but... Like, uh, I don't know. It's let me down that I'm not getting a ton of fruit. I think if this beer did have lactose to it, it probably would make it a little bit creamier. And maybe you'd be able to taste those pineapple and cherry more. But it just kind of tastes like a a little bit of a maltier IPA. So, somewhat disappointed, but what are you going to do? Paul, uh, you're drinking something fancy, I hear. Well, it's I don't know if it's fancy. It's uh, oh, it's you know, it's that, decadent. Uh, it's decadent. It's uh, well, I made it a little bit more decadent. Uh, there's this thing that's been on TikTok, which I don't do, but uh, I've seen some YouTube videos, this great, you know, on how to make it, and people kind of it's very it's a divisive uh, drink right now. It's uh, that whipped coffee, uh, the Dogala coffee. And if you do a search for whipped coffee, you'll see it online. It's something to do use uh, your instant coffee with. Um, it's a, basically a sugary syrup, coffee syrup that you whip into a froth, and then you you know either spoon it like John does on top of an actual cup of coffee because he's a caffeine guy, herky jerky speed freak, or uh, the, the most of the videos tell you to put it on top of just some milk uh, with some ice. And, you know, me doing the show and being a decadent boy, I put it over some Bailey's Irish cream and then topped it off with some more whipped cream. So I got three layers instead of just the two. Um, it's a layered drink that you definitely want to mix all together, though, because that instant coffee syrup froth that you make isn't that tasty. It's kind of like that bad instant coffee flavor with a bunch of sugar. <laughs> Because it's equal parts. Um, and it's that, it's just uh, almost tastes like a really bad coffee flavored hard candy. Like if you can imagine that. Uh, so you mix it together and it's not horrible. But for the amount of time that I spent hand whipping uh, the, the, the coffee froth, uh, it's not something that I would recommend doing again. Like I wouldn't do it again. It was an interesting experiment. Something to kind of keep me occupied for 10 minutes. Uh, kind of felt like I was just testing out something, experimenting. Uh, you know, even with the whipped cream, you know, I just wanted to make it more decadent, more, more like in a milkshake, you know, almost. Uh, and it did feel like that. I did feel like I was drinking almost. It wasn't quite as thick as a milkshake, but it was, still was in that realm. And uh, it was okay. But there's there's better ways to get a good coffee mixed drink, I think. A white Russian, for, for example. Like, you know, with with Kahlua. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. So, I don't know. If uh, you, you've seen the videos and think it's interesting, It's I guess it's worth a shot. Uh, but your mileage may vary. That's a, that's a phrase, right? 
on whether or not you like it. I don't. I, I like it, um, but I think I I don't put as much sugar in it. So I put the instant coffee like, and I've been using like a little bit of brown sugar, and then I add a little milk and a little heavy cream, and then. I have a frother on the side of my coffee machine, so I just kind of froth it in that, and then I just pour my coffee into it, or, you know, when we first did it, you, you scooped it out and you put it on top and everything, but, yeah, I just I just do that, and it's pretty easy, and it's quick, and it's, you know, kind of a nice little, you know, coffee whipped cream that I'm putting on top. Okay, I could see how that would work, but that instant coffee flavor, it's just, I don't know, I just don't like it. I didn't really enjoy it, and I'm glad I mixed it together with the whipped cream and the uh, ba- the Baileys, because at that point I was mostly tasting Baileys with just that hint of the bitterness, that bitter instant coffee. Uh, at, how at much that. of the instant coffee are you using? Two tablespoons? Oh, I just put like a, I just put one spoon fill in. And it's one tablespoon of instant coffee, uh, or two tablespoons of instant coffee, two tablespoons of sugar, two uh, tablespoons of cold water. That's the recipe I saw online. Oh. And then just whip, whip, whip. You're whipping, you're whipping water into a, yeah. a foam? Mm-hmm. Because the instant coffee dissolves and the sugar dissolves into a foam. Oh. Well, did you say tablespoons? Sorry, because I, I haven't made instant coffee ever, uh, and it says like for a regular cup you use like one to two teaspoons. Oh well, <laughs> is that possibly why? I think I don't know. The recipe I saw was a uh, tea, the big tea, big tea B S P. That's tablespoon, the big tea. Yeah, I think, I think that big might big be why you don't like, <laughs> why you don't like it. Yeah, maybe because the recipes like I saw wasn't. Like it, you use milk instead of uh, the water, or you know, like cream. Mm-hmm. And I like I only use like I take a a spoon out of the drawer, like a regular spoon, and just take the coffee, put it in there, put a pinch of brown sugar, little milk, froth it real quick, and it's a delight to have on top of your coffee. So maybe I, maybe I'm doing it wrong, and I've made a a nice, better version of it. But I, I followed the uh, recipe found on Tasty.com. So, so I don't know. I don't know. I just I just looked up instant coffee because I never actually used it. So, oh, here it is. I just pulled it up. This is off of JessicaInTheKitchen.com. Uh, whipped coffee. Oh, it's going to make me watch a video. I'm not doing that. No, don't watch a video. Just put your people. Just put your recipes in the body of your article. Anyway, speaking about articles, hey guys, let's head on out to the news garden. Yeah, news garden. What news do we got? I got guys. Uh, we're done talking about things that have been canceled, right? Or push back? Nope, because uh, just announced uh, okay. San Diego Comic-Con for the first time in its 50-year history is uh, being canceled this year. So, yeah. Uh, the biggest, like, entertainment trade show every single year now. Uh, not happening in 2020, just due to the ongoing 
self-distancing and quarantining at home orders from different states and governments. So, yeah, it's continuing on. And that website, Chris, did have the recipe at the bottom, and it is what it is. It is what Paul said. Okay. So, Paul, I think you're doing it right, and I do it wrong, and I enjoy my version better. Yeah, your version sounds better, especially with the uh, brown sugar. I wonder how you came up with your recipe, but that's fine. Hey, you're doing you're doing you. I'm doing me. You're doing it right. I like it. Uh, I'm surprised that San Diego Comic-Con, since mostly everybody cares about the trailers and the announcements, that they just didn't go virtual. Well, that's not just doing... probably part of the problem, too, with so much stuff being delayed or like pushed back or canceled, too. Just maybe studios don't have all that much stuff to uh, submit now, too. I mean, every single movie that's being like, you know, put into production or was actually filming is being put on hiatus. So, I mean, granted, there's probably some stuff that's already been filled that they could be working on, like special effects for and stuff, but I don't think... I think they're getting too much work done on any like the big summer movies. Cause if you think about it, the previews and stuff we'd be seeing would be for the movies that would be coming out next year. So it's yeah. stuff that's probably still in the early enough stages that they don't have too much good to go yet. It would be Eternals. Um, it would be suicide squad. Like those were the things you would see, you know, the things that are coming out later this year. If you hadn't already, most of the time they'd probably wait to do it anyways. Um, yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely putting a hurt. I mean, San Diego probably looks forward to that money every year coming into their area, and uh, the, those small businesses, yeah. you know, they're they, they they're already you know they're already at loss. You know, they've already lost, and now they're gonna even lose more. Well, once the uh, when the coronavirus first hit. Uh, the first, I think, big uh, event convention that got canceled was South by Southwest, and everybody was talking about how Austin, like almost every bar, every like hotel there, like look, like they plan around uh, South by Southwest, and unfortunately, they geared up and hired you know a lot of these small bars and everything hired more people to work that you know that convention that week long film music internet whatever convention that is um and they tend had to like shut down and lay a lot of people off and like cut everybody's hours even though they just geared up for it and then all of a sudden the rug was pulled out from underneath them um so i can imagine san diego uh you know i'm not i think they aren't surprised by it i'm like awesome no i mean it's it's been building for a while, and I mean, that's still far enough out that they probably just want to err on the side of caution. I mean, granted, they could maybe do, like, a late summer one. You know, I mean, it's going to draw people no matter when they wind up throwing it together. But I'm wondering if it would still wind up being the big event that we normally get. Well, the other thing, too, is, like, you know, who would want to show up? Yeah. You know, depending if, – if this – quarantine and everything were to be lifted by June and then it normally comes out, you know, it's mid to late July. Like who'd want to go into that Petri dish of all those people. And like, if you were a celebrity or, 
you know, going to release your movie or something, you'd be like, you know what? I, I don't think I need to go to that. I don't need to be surrounded by hundreds of people who could be exposing me to a, to the virus. And I think you're going to see that with a lot of these big events. It's going to be a while before people want to go to those. Well, I'm thinking those big events won't be that big. Like, they're going to limit their audience sizes. They're going to probably still sit people, you know, a little bit, maybe not a full six feet away from each other, but still give, like, two feet on each side of the seats. Like, I think when movie theaters first reopen, they're going to limit, like, everybody's going to have to sit. Basically, families can sit together, and then you got to leave a seat apart, or maybe even two seats apart. Like, that's what I'm imagining for the rest of this year. Like, when we when things get reopened, it's not going to be to full capacity. They're going to limit uh, the, the crowd sizes, even at these things, until we basically get a uh, vaccine. Like, I can't admit, because it's going to rebound as soon as things actually reopen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, even that, like... Even if things were lifted and like Wonder Woman or Black Widow came out, I I wouldn't go see him in the theater. Like I wouldn't want to be there just in case. Even if you know, maybe yes, if I had a vaccine, if they had a vaccine and you knew that you were pretty well safeguarded against it, but it still would be you know, it could be scary scary to go out there, you know. So I wouldn't want to do it if I still had to wear a mask. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't want to sit there in the movie theater with a mask on, watching a movie. Even if they had the whole, like, every other seat, every two seats. Like, we're sitting every other row, and then there's going to be one to two seats between everybody. Like, I'd still be like, well, do I have to wear a mask? Yeah, you still have to wear a mask. I would still be, I wouldn't want to go out at that point. Yeah, I think that's where my line is going to be. Like, if they do the like, oh, a restaurant can open, and they're only going to seat half this half the tables, and you know the tables are going to be spaced out apart, and you can go to the restaurants. Then yeah, I'll I'll do that. Um, but I think the my my line in the sand is uh, wearing a mask or not. Well, some news. Chris, have you thought about this? Oh, no, I was just going to move on. Oh, yeah, we can move on. Uh, and I was going to say uh, something you would have uh, seen at uh, San Diego Comic-Con would be that Sam Raimi has been hired to direct uh, Doctor Strange 2. M- Multitude of Madness? What was it? A multiverse of Madness? Yes. Um, which I think is good. I'd like to s- I uh, I enjoy Sam Raimi movies. Um, and I'd like to see him kind of come back into a little bit of a horror the horror world that I, I know him from. Yeah, I think it'll be a worthwhile addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm excited to see him back behind a comic book movie again. I mean, the first two of his Spider-Man films were some of the like best comic book movies of all times, you know? And then three just seemed to kind of get burdened by studio notes at that point, because so much of it was what they wanted to do because, you know, those movies performed and they're giving their input and their directives to try to get more out of it. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this whenever, you know, it winds up happening. 
Yeah. I'm uh, a little concerned that everybody's saying this is going to roll out from WandaVision. And do we know if WandaVision has been delayed or not? Like, is that coming out soon? Because all that could change. Like, the premise of WandaVision still, right? Like... I, I believe they filmed a good amount of it, and I think they postponed it, I think, for it to come out um, just because things haven't – they haven't finished filming everything. And I think some of it might be the Doctor Strange stuff too is they – I think they were going to have a part where they cross, cross paths in it. So – those <laughs> – as far as I know, other than the very final battle, those characters have not, Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange have not even met. No. And I'm watching Endgame tonight because I am wrapping up the Marvel movie marathon right now. Well, that's the... Life. And that was like the rumors of it. Well, not rumors, but so much what even Marvel came out and said was WandaVision is going to set up Wanda's next phase in the Marvel Cinematic Universe when she'll be appearing in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So no matter when winds up putting out uh, WandaVision, it's still going to be before Doctor Strange, which was still in like the scripting and like pre-production. Like they haven't even started any kind of filming on that yet. So, Oh, pre-production. Any other news? Um, something I actually forgot about, but I remembered uh, while we were talking, uh, Next week, we're actually going to be getting comics from DC again. Uh, while Diamond Comics is still shut down and not being able to distribute anything, uh, DC's teaming up with Midtown Comics and another online comic distributor. Um, I forget which one it was. Uh, to work on distributing their books out that way to local stores who are still open or operating for delivery or curbside pickup. That way, um, all stores don't have to remain you know, lacking any kind of new product. DC will still get their stuff out, um, you know, help support those local stores because it's got to be hard for them when you're not getting those week-to-week shoppers out. Because, I mean, you can still go to the comic store and pick up some trays or things like that, but if you're a week-to-week shopper, you get into your ongoing books, and, you know, Marvel and DC aren't putting anything out, yeah, it's nice to go to those stores to try to support them how you can, but if that's the bulk of your shopping, what what are you going to do? Well, here in New York, like those comic book shops aren't even allowed to be open right now. So it's like, okay, so they're going to come out, but we can't go there. Mm-hmm. We can't pick, you know, we can't pick up physical copies. Like the only places that are that might have comic books in them are your places like Walmart and Target that have well, they don't a grocery element to it. Well, they don't even like supermarkets don't get the comic books anymore. They only get those collection ones that Marvel or DC put out. Uh, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, great that the physical books are coming out, but at least in our, you know, our state, we can't. We wouldn't be able to go anywhere to pick them up unless somehow they work out a different deal. But yeah, I mean, that's but that's the thing though, for those stores that are offering delivery services or like a curbside pickup. Uh, so you still have the option if you're able to get out of your apartment can still no go get your books if you want to oh hey well, at least next week we might have to list back yeah we can we can actually probably read some comic books again 
But that's fine, because everybody knows we went on a break. And we're back now with our next beer. And Chris, yes, you talked about uh, church, uh, Castle Church yep. before. You're drinking another one of those, right? Yeah, the next beer that I have, uh, again, from one of my big old Capri Sun bags full of beer, uh, is their Mighty Fortress Doppelbach. Uh, and this is 7.2% ABV. And right off the bat, like, I've already drank half of my pint in like the five minutes that we took our little uh, break. Um, it does have that really nice, just like ready nose to it, but then just that great malty, like caramel sweetness on it. Um, this is really nice. It's really drinkable. I'm going to go back for more of it really quick. Um, yeah, not bad. Not bad, Castle Church. Hmm. Yeah. I'm a fan. Could drink a lot of that. Ooh, I could smell like braising some beef in that or something. Ooh, that'd yeah. be good. Yeah, go get like a nice chuck. Braising. I mean, I gotta go grocery shopping anyways, and I still, I still have seven pints left of this in my bag, so <laughs> I, can, I can stretch that out for a bit. You can actually say you're like, I'm half in a bag of uh, Bach over here. <laughs> half in a bag of Bach. <laughs> I said it out loud, so I remember to write it down, guys. Ah, because yeah. <laughs> that's something I never do. Uh, Paul, you're drinking an old standby, right? Yeah, uh, Kate and I were uh, kind of both in this uh, limbo of uh, when Kate goes out grocery shopping. Uh, you know, she's not the biggest beer fan, but she knows that I really like a little something something ale. From Lagunitas. So last time she was out grocery shopping, she picked me up a nice little six pack of it. Comes in cans now. Wonderful. Yeah, and I comes in cans. I'm getting one too. Uh, it's a uh, nice, silky smooth IPA. It's a, but it's a weedy. It's IPA. a weed IPA. Um, it's one of the beers that I can only have one or two of, just because that wheat just really makes me gassy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is about wheat else, but. Um, they just don't sit well in my stomach, but man, I really do enjoy the flavor of this. It is very smooth. It is got a great mouthfeel. It has that nice little IPA punch without being too overbearing. I don't feel like it's an East Coast IPA or a West Coast IPA. I feel like it's its own thing, and it's enjoyable. It's very much its own thing, you know, because like you can have like a white IPA, but a white IPA has nothing on this beer, and because this is a nice full-bodied. You know, it's got a bigger ABV, and it's just a really – it's just a great drinking beer. And, like, the hops – like, nothing outshines the other. It's well-balanced between the hops and the malt and the wheat. Like, it's just a great beer. Yeah, that's a great refrigerator beer. Like, if you just want to pick up something to have just to, like, you know, drink mm-hmm. after you, like, get home from grocery shopping or, you know, doing your chores for the day. Like, that's that's just a great go-to. Well, now everything's risking your, putting your life in your own hands, so you deserve a drink when you get home. I've definitely had more beers coming home from work. Not coming, not, not literally coming home from work, but when I get home from work, having more beers during the week or drinks during the week than I usually normally do. Agreed. And I don't feel bad about it because, I mean, it's not like it's keeping me from doing anything else. And also, I... I'm not like devolving into an alcoholic or anything. Like I'll have like my three or four beers a day 
And I'm like, well, this is no more than I drink when we do the show. Like, I'm fine with this. It's just boring, guys. <laughs> it's just Chris. so boring. Chris, you can't devolve into an alcoholic if you already were one. Ah, I see how it is. Well, I'm, a, I'm a functional one, then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Except for, like, the two or three times I blacked out. Once on the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, my boss even is, like, called. he called me on Friday, like, because our hours, like, we got to keep under 40. And he work a little later some days. So I came home, and I was home by, like, 2.30, which is two hours early. Um, and he gave me a call, like, at 4, and he's like, hey, I just got a quick question for you. I'm like, yeah, sure, shoot. And he's like, you know, I answered the question. And then he's like, so how many beers are you in right now? And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, I was expecting you to say zero. Have you eaten dinner yet? And I'll be like, no, this is my pre-dinner beer. <laughs> then I'll have one with dinner. Yeah. And then I got a couple, and then I have right. a couple cocktails. Yeah. Come on. You know, so yeah, uh, everybody at work knows that I've been drinking a lot more than I have in the past as well. Um, and they already knew that I drank a bit. <laughs> they they sat him down and talked to him about it. Listen, everybody. Never had to talk to me about uh, Paul drinks. He doesn't drink on the job. It's definitely when he goes home. But he will have a pre-dinner drink. The boss clarified he does have pre-dinner drinks. Mm-hmm. I'm living that 1950s lifestyle, guys. <laughs> Step off. Oh, because they they already knew that because. Uh, like, I'm like, oh, you're sending me, cool, I'll be right near so-and-so, you know, a brewery. Oh, I'll be right down the street from Thin Man to end my day. That'll be great. Or I'll be right down the street from 42 North to end my day. And they're like, what are these places? I'm like, breweries. And they're like, why do you know? You know, unless you're into craft beer, I guess, you don't pay attention to it. Right. So they're surprised that I know about all these places and all these things, I guess. So I think me talk, I over-talk about it, which makes it people think that I drink more than I actually do, except during a uh, international crisis <laughs> as COVID-19. <laughs> and then I drink precisely as much as they think I do. Yeah. And Johnny said, you're drinking more. Yeah. So what beer do you have? You already drain poured one beer. I did. It was, un- it was unfortunate. Uh, but I am drinking from Grim Artisan Ales, their Maximum Impulse IPA. Um, this is a really nice IPA. I call it more of a, like um, the American style IPA, where it's kind of a mix of West and East Coast. It's hazy, it's juicy, but it still has kind of a multi bitter on the finish. Um, just it's just a really nice drinking beer. Like uh, the little citrus up front, the little malt in the back. It makes you want to take another sip, and um, yeah, it's it's nice. Sounds delightful. I'm just taking another sip of mine, and I totally get that you want to take another sip. I felt that, John. Wow. Ooh. I'm shaken to my core. You know what else shakes me to my core? Dramatic readings? A dramatic reading. And now... Wait. Are you you ready? Have we gone to... Did we do the queue yet? No. (laughs) We didn't. So, we got to do the queue. Do we have to? (laughs) I guess we don't have to. I mean, doesn't have to do anything. Doesn't doesn't matter what doesn't matter what order we do everything in because well, it used to it used to matter, 
<laughs> now you're Mr. Laissez-faire. Oh, I can do the podcast in any order I want. I'm just, I'm just thinking. I'm almost done with my my beer. I'll probably finish it after this because then we'll have to do another one for the main topic. I'm just, I'm just trying to plan ahead, guys. Planning ahead, fifteen minutes at a time here. We're going, we're doing it live. So go ahead, let's do the dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from Grim Noir, number one, page eight, a panel two. In your midst of her. Who's that man with Rosemary? And that was a dramatic reading from Grim Noir, number one, page eight, and a panel two. And a panel two. And up. So, guys, uh, I don't know, other than drinking a lot more, as we discussed, uh, what else have you been doing or looking forward to doing uh while uh, mean, under this, you mean there's other things crisis. to do besides sit home and drink? Yeah, well, what are you doing while you're sitting at home and ah, like what uh, are you watching? What you read and what you what you've been up to? Well, for me, I because we call this the queue. The queue. Uh, for me, I haven't actually added anything new to watch. Uh, John told me I need to watch Steven Universe on Google. which I'll talk more I, about. I forgot about it, so I look forward to hearing about that. Uh, but I've actually been playing a lot more Magic the Gathering Arena online. Uh, they just uh, released the brand new Magic the Gathering expansion set, uh, Ikoria, Blair of Behemoths, and I'm having a blast with the new cards that are in it. Uh, it introduces a bunch of brand new mechanics to it, which is a lot of fun just to make these weird, bonkers kind of decks that let you turn one creature into another creature that has new abilities and different abilities that activate some other sort of effect when you mutate it. So now you get other creatures popping up or your opponents discarding or losing cards. It's a lot of fun just because you don't know where the next threat's going to come from. So it makes it really hard to kind of guess what your opponent's going to be playing because this is really just shattering the meta and I'm having a ball with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I found I found my new planeswalker. Everybody, his name's Luca. He's got like a weird winged tiger bird thing, and he's he's my bro. We're, we're friends now. You know, it's been probably two sets now. This is the second set that I haven't really jumped in on for Magic the Gathering Arena. It's just you know, I know I, I, there is more time, but there isn't more time True. to do things for me. Uh, you know, I'm still going to work and everything, but. It's just, for whatever reason, Magic the Gathering hasn't made my playlist in a while. Like, I've gone, I'm more heavy into World of Warcraft right now, just with their XP bump and everything. And then at night, since Kate is stuck at home, like, it's a lot more important that I spend more time with her. Like, before, there would be the, like, the Tuesday nights where she worked late and I had more time by myself. Now it's, we're doing a lot more couple stuff together uh, during the week. So, talking about that, the thing on my queue is Kate, uh, Kate has figured out that we have Amazon Prime, and she's looked through uh, the Amazon Prime uh, video, and she noticed there's a bunch of old classic movies she hasn't seen that she really wants to start watching. So, tomorrow, we're going to start that with uh, Singing in the Rain. The, you know, she feels like, you know, some 
fun old school uh, musicals might brighten up her mood a little bit. And you know what? They are fun. Uh, I remember watching Singing of the Raid at least once when I was a kid and liking it. Uh, I know it's no Annie, John. Because <laughs> you, you do love your musical. You do love Annie. And that's like the only musical you like. But uh, yeah, Good Morning, Good Morning. What a great song. Singing and Dancing in the Rain. What a good song. Uh, so there, at least I know there's two things that I'll enjoy in this hour and a half movie, I'm assuming. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, get to see Debbie Reynolds yeah, when she was hot. Movies might, uh, might, who, <laughs> I don't even remember who's in Singing in the Rain. <laughs> I know it was part of the, uh, the movie, the, not the Marvel movie. Uh, oh, the great uh, retrospective. The great movie run. <laughs> the great movie run. I like that's where your, your brain goes instantly. And I, th- I thank you for that because that's totally what. What the begging broadcast is here for? <clears throat> Just worm our way into your brain and everything. <laughs> yeah, and as yeah. uh, Chris has said, I'm watching Steven Universe. Uh, this is a just a really fun show. Um, I had heard good things about it. I put it on as something to help um, distract my son for a little bit while we do stuff. We like to find little shows where we can have him kind of stop and stare and then I can go do the dishes or I can start dinner or I can go do this. Um, so I put this on and uh, I was sitting with him watching it and uh, I don't think he cares too much about it, but I love it. Uh, it is really fun. Uh, this follows the character of Steven Universe, who is one of the crystal gems. Um, these are uh, kind of a I guess a, a warrior force that protects the world from these uh, creatures that attack. And um, he's this kind of this younger boy with these three older women. Uh, and his mother used to be one of the um, crystal gems. And she met uh, Stephen's father, who is a uh, really bad musician. But she was the his only fan. And he's always wearing... Uh, jean shorts and a tank top, but he constantly has a farmer's tan, and he's got it. He's bald with uh, really, really long hair, and he lives in a van. And <laughs> he always is there to kind of help Stephen when he when he needs it. But Stephen's always off helping the Crystal Gems fight things, and it's just the right amount of uh, lunacy with the right amount of action. Uh, It's all fun. You could kind of have it in the background, but you'd miss certain little things that are happening in it. Um, But it's something like, I mean, I think the, I started watching them. I started watching them on Wednesday and I'm on like episode 23. Like you can just kind of sit They're quick little, like 15 minute little vignettes. And it's just like, boom, boom, boom. And uh, it's it's a lot a lot of fun with a lot of good little sight sight gags and uh, yeah it's just really good. Uh, not to attack you, but have you watched any more Gravity Falls? Uh yeah, because okay because Steven Universe and Gravity Falls are they both debuted kind of at the same time and they get mentioned almost in the same breath of the hey this is a cartoon that's you know, all age appropriate because 
kids love it because it's weird and funny, but then adults love it because there's like other layers to it. Um, have you got any further into um, it? I'm, st- I think I'm just about done with the first season. Okay, but that's one like for some reason Caitlin hates it. I don't know what it is about <laughs> it, but she hates everything about that show. Oh my gosh, I love it so much, and I I really like it too. Uh, and it does not distract my son at all. So <laughs> when it's on, I'm just watching it. So it's those moments where. I'm alone. I'll just watch it. I have nothing else to do. You know, like Caitlin's having, uh, as we're having our little Skype call with, you know, my two best friends, um, tonight she scheduled a Skype call with her friends. So while she's doing that in the other room and my son's probably will be asleep, I can watch, uh, some more Gravity Falls, but I'll probably be watching Steven Universe. <laughs> Okay, um, Gravity Falls will come I started watching universe at this point. I watched Gravity Falls starting in like the second season of it. Because he's, and he's then, so much fun. What? I dropped again, didn't I? No, you're there. No, no. Here, here. Okay. I'm here. Maybe you did drop and I just kept talking. I'm a, you did. <laughs> and then I guess I... No, because I was... Because um, I started watching Gravity Falls in the second season. Um, it was right before they came back for like their finale. So there was a marathon on like Disney, uh, to Disney, Disney XD, whichever one it was on. Uh, so I just happened to kind of catch an episode and I was like, Oh, this is that show that, you know, supposed to be pretty good. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And then I started DVRing every other episode that I could find, then tried to figure out which order I should watch them and using, uh, IMDB because I, I got hooked on it because the second season is where it really starts to pick up too. I haven't even caught up with uh, the last season of Clone Wars yet. I haven't even started that yet. Also, Ducktales. I'm behind on. I'm a little behind. I'm behind on Ducktales. But again, that's one that at uh, we were. We were watching it before we got Disney Plus, and it would be that thing like every Sunday morning we would sit down with coffee and we'd watch it, and then um, no new episodes are coming out for a while, and then it just was something that we never got around to finishing, and then I started watching it on Disney Plus, and I got yelled at, and then Caitlin started watching it on Disney Plus, and she got yelled at, and I think we're in this moment of like, well, I don't know, can <laughs> can I watch it? So you're in DuckTales right now? Yeah, we're in DuckTales Limbo. Uh, I guess... Ducks, chicken. I guess I want the last episodes of DuckTales. uh, Chippendale and the Rescue Rangers appear. So I know I need to get caught up on it so I can see that. You dropped, but I heard uh, Chippendale, they show up? Yeah, Uh, yeah, on the, the last episode that aired, Chippendale show up. With the rest of the uh, rest of the rescue rangers, so nice. Okay, there's one question for Chris. Yes. How cute is uh, Gadget? I don't know. I have. Yeah. Are we talking about new Gadget on Ducktales or original Gadget? Yes. I was I was saying new Gadget. Oh, I don't I don't know. I haven't. I like the answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <I like> the <laughs> answer. <laughs> well, the answer was yes because you're like question for Chris, and I was like yes. 
Uh, original um, gadgets. I went back cheap, and I started watching the first episode of Rescue Rangers. Oh, the first one's it's not, not. It's good. not good. It's not I'm, good. I'm not it going back to well. watch that. It it did it did not feel like it held up. Uh, a lot of the original Disney Afternoon stuff hasn't aged super well. Uh, Darkwing Duck, I think, has though. Darkwing Duck is kind of a cut above the rest. Um, but you know, you, it's one of those things you just got to go in with that nostalgia. Like, no, like I loved this as a kid. It had some sort of input on who I became as an adult. So. Therefore, it has value, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I could not stand Chip or Dale's voice. It was grating. Because <laughs> uh, even like uh, Tailspin, a uh, Tailspin, I think holds up. I, I'm watching that with my kid. Does he like Dying Carnage? <laughs> Growing up, like Kick Cloud Kicker was my uh, was my jam, but I don't rewatch really Dying Carnage. Is just like a stupid, crazy villain. Yeah, the space pirate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's good. You know what else is good? Uh, main topic or another beer? I was gonna say another beer. If you say another beer, I'll let's take a break. Yeah, let's take a break because I gotta, I gotta go get my beer. But I kind of want more of this. Ooh, what do you do? It's well, the other. Uh, I'll get my, ne- I'll get my next beer because I mean I can continue drinking. <clears throat> you got a bag of it. I got, I got a full hang of it. Got a bag of back. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but the beer I'm drinking is delicious. Uh, this is probably the best beer I've had tonight, and this is Natural Frequency from Sloop Brewing, New England IPA. And this is a really nice New England IPA. Um, it's almost like... It has like um, tastes like Fruit Loops or um, fruity pebbles. Like it has just this really great kind of weedy fruitiness to it, um, and it's just really delicious, super crushable, very nice. Um, what how much, what is the six point one eight percent ABV? Uh, I've never seen anything like that. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's really good. Uh, my final beer for the day. I had it on either episode four. I think it was four hundred one because last episode I did stuff from Sideward. Um, but this is also from Castle Church Brewing. This is their Means of Grace Brown Ale. This was the only fallback beer that I got uh, when I went to Castle Church Brewing because it's just an all around great. Brown ale. It has everything that you want from that. A little bit of like roasted, like nut, like a nice toasty malt on it. It's just so great and drinkable. Uh, Six point two percent ABV. I've already had like a pint and a half of it. Um, I'm glad I still got like a little bit left. Uh, so once we get into our main topic and I finish this one, I have a little bit more that I can just pour out to kind of finish up the episode because it's it's probably my go-to brown ale now. Um, I feel like it's something that is worth going to to go pick up. Because not a lot of like breweries put out like solid, always available brown ales, I think. 
it's like a seasonal thing more. I think it's like an autumn or like like winter beer more. The only brown ale that I can remember me really liking, like as a standard, was the Smutty Nose. Yeah, Old Brown. Uh, yeah, Old yeah. Brown Dog. Yeah, I think is what I've always judged other brown ales against. But I actually really love um, Cigar City's Marat uh, Maduro Brown. Oh, Maduro's really good too. Yeah. And the only other one is maybe is Rogue's uh, hazelnut brown ale. Is that as? Uh, I don't know what I don't know. Like we get such a weird selection of Rogue beers now. Like I don't even know. Um, and Frank. That one's decent, but not great. <laughs> Frank from Community Beer Works out here in Buffalo. But nobody's exactly. I have to. I actually don't know if I've ever had Frank. I haven't. So. Uh, next time I come up to Buffalo, whenever I'm able to travel again, um, yeah, I definitely want to go to Community Beer Works and get a Frank. And again, they're one of those breweries that's out there. They're still doing like the curbside pickup. I've seen that they're doing like special, like, hey, meet us at this pizza place. Uh, we'll have, you know, cases or four packs of this ready to go. Uh, again, just supporting local breweries and also local restaurants in Buffalo. That's an awesome thing that they're doing. Yeah, 42 North for East Aurora. Uh, if you go and pick up their beer, you can also pick up a bunch of different restaurants' food there as well. Like, the restaurant will deliver the food to 42 North Brewery so you can pick up your food and your beer at the same time. Nice. So that way, the restaurant workers are only dealing with people at 42 North. And then there's only one person basically every day that's going back and forth with the cars to kind of keep even more distance between the social. Um, yeah, and I think Community Beer Works and Thin Man have done like pop up delivery at restaurants too, um, or they're having restaurants do pop ups at their place. I think Thin Man was doing. They had uh, the Old Pink making their steak sandwiches at their restaurant. <laughs> Nice. I, know, I really wanted to get out, and they, um, they, because of demand, they had to start doing. They were doing pre-orders, so people like you're within this 15 minutes. There's only like three people who can come at this time to pick it up, kind of a thing, um, with their delivery. And I was like, oh, if it wasn't so complicated, I would definitely go to get that sandwich. Um, yeah. But community's done that too to help out with other, like to help restaurant, like friend. Friends of theirs restaurants, you know. Uh, John, what are you drinking? I already talked about mine. I was the first to go. Remember when we said, like, okay, and we'll talk about it. And then there's a long pause, and then I just started talking? No, I didn't, obviously. (laughs) I did not remember that. Uh, Good one, because then he talked about his beer and like wanting another sip, and I was like, "Oh, well, beer I want another sip of is the one that I got." So now it's you. Yeah, I, because I've been mixing uh, my alcohols here, guys. Uh, at first, I started with you know light and easy, the uh, Bailey's Irish Cream. Then I went to a beer. Now I'm on gin because I'm drinking a, 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 a Paul Classic cocktail, uh, a Negroni. I think I've talked about it before on a not episode, maybe even two not episodes. Um, but this is a, a really good uh, 
old staple for cocktails. It only takes three ingredients to make, Capari, gin, and sweet vermouth. Uh, all equal parts, so it's really easy to do really quickly when you're on a uh, what you think is going to be a two-minute break uh, from recording a show that ends up being a 30-minute break, and you're almost all the way through your Negroni, and then you forget about what you just talked about on the podcast. So <laughs> It's nice. Uh, you got the sweetness from that sweet vermouth up front, and then it just dissipates, and then you're left with that bitter from Campari and the botanicals from your gin. I would suggest using like a dry gin. Uh, I don't really love juniper, so uh, I try to steer away from overly junipered gins. Right now, I'm drinking Amsterdam. I think it's their gin, New Amsterdam gin. Uh, they're mostly known for their vodka, but they have a really light junipered uh, botanical gin that I enjoy. So, and also it's pretty cheap. For a big old bottle, so a 1.75 liter bottle. So I've been working through that. This is the drink that I basically, when I'm out of beer, that I make up. And I'm almost through that bottle of gin now. So I'll continue drinking this probably for the rest of the week. There you go. Knock it out. Mm-hmm. Got to finish up those, uh, you know, those bottles. Much like we need to finish up this book that's been on our to read list for a while, uh, which is going to head us into our main topic. And this is, again, like I said, up at the top of the show, this is John's pick for our monthly trade and policy. And this is Black Sad uh, from Dark Horse Comics, written by Juan Diaz Canales with art by Juanio Guaranito. Uh, something that kind of surprised me, this book's actually from 1986, but just somewhat recently... Uh, translated into English when Dark Horse published this Yeah, 2010. Collection. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and I I had bought it because it was said to be like one of the best uh, up there is one of the best comic books written kind of a thing. And uh, so I picked it up. Plus, I love crime noir. And um, I was actually really surprised when it was uh, three different stories within the the book um so before we before we move further i didn't realize it was three stories because i don't really pay attention to trade mythology stuff i just go through i read the book and then once it's over i stop you know it's how you read books um and there's a couple like blank pages that have like concept art or like uncolored panels in between the stories. And I just thought that was like, oh, this is leading me into bonus stuff. Spoilers, I really like the art for this book. Let me see if they have like concept art, you know, character profiles. And I was like, oh, wait, there's another book. And then I just happened to see the page count. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm like a third of the way through this. Let me let me keep reading. Because I almost just... I finished the story and I was almost like, okay, time to start my day. Uh, I finished, I finished reading it and I, the first story and I was like, boy, that was really short. And I X'd out of the book and it shows your progress through the book below the, the picture. And it was only like a quarter, a quarter of the way through it. And I was like, oh, there's, oh, there's more. And then I clicked on it and See, I was I like, the, oh, there's more stories. 
Uh, I read it on my phone instead of my iPad, which I normally use. So I just do like the guided panel view. So you just click and it moves you to the next panel to read. So I, it's hard to gauge where you are in a book at that point because you're just getting like the meat of the action. Yeah. I similarly did uh, did basically the same thing, but I, I'm like, oh, that, John got ripped off here because I remember wanting to pick up this trade, and like, and then I didn't pull the trigger. Luckily, John did, and I'm like, ooh, that was a good story, but man, it was short. And then I clicked the page count, and I'm like, nope, there's at least another two issues. Uh, yeah, the volume two and three are both like five. Five ninety seven on um, Comicsology right now. So I was planning on I was wanted to finish reading this, and if I liked it, I was going to pick up the next two volumes. So, so the next two volumes. I don't know if you know this yet. Are they also collections of like multiple mysteries, or is it like one story? I didn't. I didn't look story. it up. Here, let, okay. let me look right now. Yeah, but for five ninety seven, like with this art. Even if it was one story, I'm now convinced. Uh, yeah, it's 115 pages. Uh, because it's... Oh, yeah, okay. That's, yeah, yeah. it's two to three. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm glad because I was reading this book going, this book is beautiful. Um, and there's so much stuff, too, that's told in the storytelling of the pictures that aren't in yeah. the... Um, that aren't said what's happening. Like the panel when... Um, Black Sad gets back from getting beaten up in the cemetery, and he's saying, oh, all I want to do is get home and get to bed. And he's going into his apartment, and then all of a sudden he's in a jail cell. Like you, well, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a cop yeah, car behind And him. then you have to I go back and look, and there's somebody grabbing his shoulder. There's a, a guy standing by a police car, and you're like, oh, like that's not in the – like if you're just swiping through and not really paying attention to this book, you're going to miss something. And this is definitely a book. Like when I was reading it, I was like, boy, I really hope the guys aren't sitting down to rush through this right before we record, because they're probably not going to like this. Cause it, the story is a slower paced thing. It's a mystery, you know, it's a it's a detective thing. So you're kind of going boom, boom, boom. You got to go through the paces. If you were just swiping through, reading quickly, I think you'd miss so much of what's going on in the stories. I think so. And, like, we're talking about the first of the three stories in this, uh, which is the murder whodunit somewhere within the shadows, uh, where a famous actress has been found dead in her apartment. Uh, and it just turns out, that John Black said a black cat because everyone in this book is an animal, but it doesn't really come into play. It just, it's kind of one of those like random happenstances. Like this could be any detective story. It just so happens that you have cats and mice and lizards and bears and foxes in the story, but it's not so much, like the crux of the story, like you could take this story and tell it anyway. Yeah, like it does, but it's Zootopia. It's it's, it's yeah, Zootopia. It's Zootopia. You could this this could be a, a Humphrey Bogart, Sam Spade story. You know, like. But what the second the second issue is a Batman story. Like it's, it's I don't know it's pretty dark, <laughs> but like race yeah. relations. I, I don't know if no, Batman no, no, would that's go that third. Deep. No. 
No, the third one's the like with the uh, the, the communists and the, yeah. the nuclear. Oh, okay. Secrets. Well, then maybe maybe the third one's the Batman story because there's definitely one panel where Black Sad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Like, in, in that's very, the third one. That's the third Batman one. Pose, I know. Ex- he well, comes, he's gonna. Yeah. It's where he's over like he's the gonna pounce. Yard. He's gonna pounce on a bird, uh, and then he hangs. And he pounces on somebody, and then he like hangs them over the ledge like Batman. And I'm like, this is more Batman than Batman right now. But the thing and is, he's a cat. The thing is, too, like again, this could be any detective noir comic book, and usually I'm not a big fan of those. But the fact that it's done with animals gives it kind of that extra layer, and just that the art is. Just absolutely gorgeous. It's done like a painted style. I don't know if that's the actual coloring on it. Um, again, this is a book from the '80s, so it's been around for a bit. You know, before digital coloring existed, it looks just fantastic, and that's honestly what kept me interested in it. Because if this was just another like run of the mill, like hard nosed cop, like Private Eye story, I probably would have flipped through it, John. And when you were saying, like, oh, I hope the guys like this, it's the fact that it wasn't just that typical boilerplate PI comic that made me pay more attention to it and read it, and I came out of it loving uh, it. I'm glad. And it's, yeah, it's the the way that the artist can make these animals look so human. Like the you know the fat iguana guy with the jowls, or the snake, the snake man, or the, you know lizard guy who's who's following Black Sad. Like all these characters, they just look so amazing. And even like the polar bear um, sheriff in the second story, like he has like such like human forlorn like qualities when he's doing this, or when he's really you know aggressive, and even like the the drugged out Soviet bear who's super, super skinny, like the the art in it. And I think I I agree with you too, Chris, like if the art wasn't so top notch, it helps tell the story even better. Um, And to kind of like to follow up on the emoting there's, I'm trying to find it. I'm pretty sure it's in the first story. It's when black sads. Yeah. He's questioning like a mouse housekeeper. And he's, like, turning on the charm with her. And he's, like, all smiles. Like, it's a completely different character in those panels. And then he gets the information he wants. And then he's, you know, infiltrating somewhere else under his uh, his alias, John Blackmore. And that's when, you know, he, he gets his ass beat by, like, the lizard. It's, it's so well done. Um and it's that I don't want to say contemporary story because again, this is you know it's a book from the 1980s that's kind of like a 1950s 1940s cop drama. It reminded me a lot of the Art Spiegelman book Mouse, yeah. where it doesn't matter that you're reading the story told by mice and cats and dogs. Like the heart of the story doesn't change. It's just the way and like the medium that's telling to you, and I think that kind of carries it through. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And um, it was one of those things that, like, 
you just like I just kept wanting to read it. And like when that first story was over, I was like, oh man, it's over. Like I expected a longer story. And I wasn't like super disappointed, but then when I realized I had more to read, and then the like the first story is that just your basic like I'm a detective. The dame I used to love got killed, and now I gotta hunt down the guy who did it. Not because I'm getting paid, but because she deserved better than me. You know, like, you had that. But then, like, the second story is he's hired to find this this, uh, young girl that's gone missing. And now he's stuck in this city. Before, I don't want to move on to the second one yet, because the first one, even... If the entire trade or hardcover, however, this, you know, was mass marketed because we read the digital one on Comicsology. Even the first one, if that had been the whole book, I would have been like, all right, sold. I love it. Great pick. Um, and I actually, I love the, uh, I don't know if he's like a German shepherd, like yeah. commissioner who's like, you know what? I had to bring you in just to keep you safe, but I can't tell you anything, but you know what? Do what you need to do. I'll, I'll have your back you know, on this. People are breathing by my neck to leave this alone. I have to leave it alone. You don't, but I'll cover for you with, with what you do with, with what you do. And, um, and even then he even says like, I've had to change. This has changed me. You know, I'm not I'm not as good of a person as I thought, but justice had to be served. You know, like it's just interesting. And the fact that it is a German shepherd and he's got a name that kind of goes along with him being a German shepherd. Um Yeah, you know, and it's just um yeah, it's just and like I like I was saying, is you know, that first story is just such a boilerplate detective story. And then the second story is Black Sad's brought in to be, you know, to find this little girl that's gone missing. And then it turns into this crazy race, uh, white knights, like any animal that's got white fur, they're the proper ones. And I didn't even think, like, reading the, this book, I didn't even think of, like, this black cat being being black or anything else of, of, of color because it's animals, but then you have this this race story on top of the fact of like a revenge tale and again like this artwork is amazing during it and the story like the story got so much better because it was dealing with just not like your normal like um detective story stuff and he he's getting into this thing and half of it i think is because he's not going to let these racist bastards like win. There's a moment in this one where he's in like a like a blacks only market, and again we haven't talked about it, like but black said he's a black cat. He just has like his chins white, white, and there's like I can't remember so what animal white, is the, like, to, like a white fi- oh a white like um, ferret. Or weasel. No, it's actually when he's in like the yeah when he's sitting store. down with uh, Weekly. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little. Um, it's like a weasel. He no, comes like, up, a white weasel. 
No, it's um, it's a black. Oh no, it's a black horse comes up to him because he has oh. like black paint on his hands, and he goes to like paint over his face. And Black says, "You give me so much as a freckle, and I'll end you." And then he grabs the horse's gun from his waistband. I thought it's at that point that I got brought into this one because I, from the beginning, I didn't get into this one as much until that moment where I'm like, Oh no, he's again, like you were saying, you don't put it together that there's like the racism between these animals because we're viewing them through that human lens of like, no, they're, they're animals. You don't realize he's kind of like stuck in between it. Yeah. I, I thought and I, I was I just kidding. I thought you were talking about when he was in the whites only diner and the, the weasel was giving him crap and he points to his chin. He's like, well, this isn't white enough for you. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a fun moment too. Yeah. Go ahead, Paul. Sorry. Uh, there's, there's something, this reads so American, like with the race relations and then the next one, yeah. with the, you know, Soviets and the red scare to know this is translated from French. Like, this is a French comic book. This is written and drawn by... No, they're Mexican. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're Spanish. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're Spanish. Oh, Spanish. Oh, my bad. Um, but I thought it was French, too. And it might have been they published... Is it the art? Like, the colors of it? No, for so... no, I It, it might be. It might first, be published in France first, but it's done by, like... They're, like, port... Portuguese? Portuguese? I don't know. Hold on a second. Okay, so I'm 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 on it right now uh, because it's Spanish authors and artists, but it was published in French first. Yeah, the the writers from uh, Madrid. And uh, yeah, and the other ones from Salvadorina, a small town in the Spanish Mediterranean coast. Okay, so not Mexican, but Spanish, and published in French. But and then in, and then in 2010, translated to English. And these two, the last two stories, feel so very American yeah. because it's because it's. Uh, but I know France has its problems with the right wing. Uh, with but at the, uh, I mean, at the end, and, these uh, white. Men, these white supremacist animals are dressed up like the Ku Klux Klan and they're burning a cross. Yeah. Well, even in the third one, you get the, uh, kind of like the crux of the story. The McCarthy. Well, he's like the, the owl who's like Jewish. Austrian. I don't even know what he is, but he's like standing alongside animal Hitler and it's no, no room there for misinterpretation because they're like, no, like they have swastikas on their armbands. You're looking at animal Hitler now. And it's those. Wait a second. Are you sure it's not animal uh, Charlie Chapman? It, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Well, it's because yeah, you know because reference. The, Paul uh, made one. The, the, what was it? Uh, he wasn't a goat. He was some animal with the, the tattoo on his arm. His, um, uh, because he was a Jew in the Holocaust, his I can't think of his. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, no, the parents. the scientist. I think he was a monkey. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's. I, I'm just trying to like. I'm scrolling through um, 
let me just go to like the browse pages moment because I'm still in book number two here. No, I, um, but yeah, he he's was a, like a I want to say he was he's like, like a Holocaust survivor who's also a Nazi hunter and he's trying to kill the owl because he worked with Hitler. You know, like there's all these different things going on in that third story. But yeah, we, we don't have to jump ahead. But it's just like those those crazy things going on in this in this in this book. Like it's not none of this is. The first story is what I expected. The rest of it like yeah. drew me in because it's like, well, this isn't just your normal stories. And there's definitely like different things because I believe when in the first story, the German Shepherd is like a he's either a lieutenant or at the police captain. And then in the second story or the third story, when he shows up again, he's a commissioner. You know, it's oh, like. Okay. Like none of these these of it, stories yeah. take place over big gaps of time, so they're not just like one story after another. These are different things that are happening within the life of of John Blacksad. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm flipping through number two at this point, and it's such a gorgeous book. Like it just looks so good. I'm at the point right now where the polar bear sheriff's like about to be lynched and um black sad saving weekly who uh, you know is a a weasel who's writing for one of the tabloid papers um there's just so much heart to this book and i don't know if it's because you know i'm seeing the characters as animals and if it's just like more so but i feel like seeing cotton like the magpie like as a bird kind of gives it like that weird anthropomorphic weight than seeing it as like an old person. Would. I think like, it's because they it's these animals. So you have a little more, for some reason you have this kind of connection to it. I think because of Disney movies or what have you, but then the art can come portray so much humanity in them. Even when the magpie dies, like, I'm looking at that page right now, and I was about to send you guys a picture. Like he's, this like, broke me. Where he's like talking about wanting says, to go to uh, Vegas. You know, I'll go to Vegas for you, and then he dies with a smile on his face. Like in that last thing, like he's he's peacefully gone off, but he's he's seems like he's smiling. You yeah. know, and there's so much convey, even like anger. When I mean the 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 polar bear is being lynched and he's you know he's growling at them he's showing so so much emotion and even black sad shows so much emotion even if it's just in his eyes like i think if this was just a regular detective story you probably would drop off but because it's the animals and because of this art um it's just phenomenal If it was, if it was the same art, but they were all humans, you know, and not just anamorphic, you know, I always screw that up. But if they weren't just animals, I think I would have dropped off a lot earlier because I would be like, nope, this is too dark for me. Yeah, I. This isn't entertainment at this point, especially with the kids being kidnapped. And that's in the second issue, with the kids being kidnapped, and there's they're heavily pointing to the polar bear, maybe. You know, being a pedophile. Yeah, fuck. All that. I <laughs> this like, book. This is too, 
I was like, this is too much for me. But since he's a polar bear, for you know, it gives me that one more layer away from reality, which lets me be like, well, it's not real. Versus like, if it were people, I'd be like, this is John. Come on, man, this is dark. Are you having me read such dark Habibi. things? Such a dark Habibi. But, but, uh, <laughs> Habibi's art. But even after after that point, when you get like the whole, like, you know, the fulcrum of that story where it's like, no, this is, it's not just race relations. It centers on the relationship between these two sisters and their mother. And like, they sought out to take down Krupa or Krupas. What's his name? The polar bear. That's like, like that parlor scene where it's like, you know what? Like, okay, well, I I know it's you. Tell me the story. It's still kind of heartbreaking, and you're just looking at like what cartoon dogs. Well, I don't. I'm not a hundred percent sure on what kind of animal foxes. You know, uh, there. Because you know they're they're all animals, but like, it's it's hard to tell. I think they're dogs. Uh, I was thinking they were like Arctic foxes and polar bears and stuff like you know. So they didn't have like the bushy tails. I think the one is definitely like an Arctic know. fox, and there's some weasels and. Uh, I, I do, I do like Weekly as a character because he's just kind of that like short round almost. Where yeah. he's just kind of there. You get like a good. I was glad he showed up. Um, he showed up again, like in the second story. Yeah, and I like that, like that he's kind of like he's this—he's the only reoccurring character besides the commissioner, and the commissioner also is just kind of, I think, more there to give some slight exposition or like, oh, the crack was an expert and he demolition, he's hire a gun for hire, blah blah blah, you know, like he's he's just there to give enough information to point. Black Sad in the right direction, where he's not really like a character, character kind of a thing. Because I will say, I I do like that third story, Red Soul, a bit more than the second one. Like the second one, like still brought me in, but I don't know. It's just those moments of seeing, you know, your main character with Black Sad kind of like flirting with the, the other man's. I don't think they're like fiance, like the other man's girlfriend and like that burgeoning relationship. That's so just like noir building it up. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the third one kind of fires on all cylinders, actually. Like, this is probably my favorite story from it. Um, and I'm not even like a, I'm not even like a cold war, like fiction fan. Like, well, this scratches that uh, Tom Clancy itch for me. This is this is some good stuff right here. This uh, Cold War espionage kind of thing, and I love the idea of them smuggling out the uh, nuclear plants in the background of a painting. Like it's really good. Like Project Noah, like it it makes sense as something that you know the upper class elite would do. Or it's like, no, we need to save the best and the brightest. Like it. This story just worked for me. It seems like a little bit brighter in the coloring, 
Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure this one was done after the rest of them, not just because of how time works, but it seems a little bit more like contemporary. I keep using that word and I apologize for that, but it seems like a little bit more new. Like without seeing the publishing dates, I would assume this one was done probably after the rest of them, but like a good time where it's like they revisited the character. And it also might just be story-wise, oh, this is going to be told in this time frame, so maybe I'll brighten the colors here or there. Like, there might be story choices because I have to say, like, the first one is very much feels that pulp noir. The second one has more of, like, this dark feel to it, and this one has more of a, like, a pop pop of color to it. Like, I think all of them have a different feel. Yeah, I'm just trying to find the actual, like, publication dates on them, and, like, the Wikipedia is just kind of like a... Like, a timeline of the publishing. It doesn't say when anything happened. Which, ah, that's not what I come onto Wikipedia for, guys. I want too much information right now. All I know is this book is a lot better than has a right to be about <laughs> anthropomorphic animals being chasing down crime noir stories. Like it's it's better than any synopsis that you would read on. Yeah, uh, and it's I mean? I mean it's like a three time Eisner Award nominee. Um, it's got a ton of just different accolades where it's I think it's one like best artist and it should. Um, I did buy volumes two and two and three. I I yeah, will read them. Uh, <laughs> like uh, gladly, like that'll be my next. Like, hey, you know what? I got a I got a beer and a sandwich from somewhere. I'm gonna sit down on my porch. Like that's that sounds like a great. I do have to say, I was right talking now. to my mother in law, and I said, uh, you know what I miss about Florida? And she said, Chris. And I said, no. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, those Sorry. Wawa subs. And she was like, oh yeah, because she had like she had a Wawa sub three days in a row. <laughs> they're it's so much better than a gas station right? sandwich should be. And when I first moved down here, and someone told me like, oh, like after we get out of work, I'm gonna get a Wawa, and I'm like, you're gonna get gas station food? They're like, no, like it's that good. And then the next time we worked together, he brought me one. I was like. Son of a bitch, you're right. Like this, this is great. Like I put it over, you know, like a oh yeah, Subway or I don't know, if, like Quiznos exists anymore. Like it's a step above, like that. Just like hey, build yeah. your own. And they also they get better options. Um, you can you can build your sub on your phone, send it to them, and pick it up. Oh, they have like macaroni and cheese bowls oh, that are fantastic know about those. too. Uh. <laughs> yep, they exist. Uh, during Thanksgiving time, they do like mashed Ooh. potato bowls. Yeah, it's it's just that good. Sorry, I'm still like trying to figure sure. out. Which I was giving you time. I'm, just, I'm hitting walls. I'm about to give up on it, but yeah, no, I think this was a great pick. Um, and I know you bought it a while ago, and it's been just like languishing well, there. It was those. It was the thing is we weren't recording regularly, so when we did get together, it was like almost a last minute thing. So it was easier to do like a look back or do 
a Marvel movie retrospect. So it was like we were such a irregular yeah. recording schedule that to sit down and be able to read a trade and for us to do a show when sometimes it was like we knew two days before we were going to record. This time I was able to say, hey, we're doing retrospect let next last week. This week let's do let's do a trade. So now it's it's up to Paul. Like Paul, you gonna bring you gonna bring the goods? You gotta. <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna bring it. Back. He's gonna bring an X Factor book, <laughs> you know, or some some old X Men book that you guys will end up painting. Even oh it's man, classic. That was that was classic. That was doesn't always mean book. good. Uh, Dark Phoenix Saga, guys. Yeah, it's not a good book though. You can still respect the story that's selling though. Um, but we didn't. <laughs> well, you guys. Oh, well, we respected the story. Yeah. We just. Well, I mean, like I it. mean, I, I Dark Venus Saga. I think is something very. It's it's a big thing of X Men, and I mean they've told it yeah. in two movies now. <laughs> yeah, which was better. It was better done in the the cartoon series. Yeah. I'll... Ooh, well, okay. we're not doing that next episode, right? Like, what's our next? No, episode? that just that just sparked me as like, hey, next episode because I don't want to do another great Marvel movie retrospective. We haven't been buying monthly comic books to do a look back. Maybe we talk about your favorite story told better in a different way than the original medium. Okay, so either movie, television, stuff. Uh, yeah, movie, television, video game, comic, novel. You're a story you love, but when you look back at how it was originally told, you're like, ooh, like, I love the Ten Commandments, but the Bible, <laughs> no thank you. Like, <laughs> that's funny because I, you know, it was last week was uh, Easter weekend, and I'm like, oh, I love watching the Charleston Heston Ten Commandments, like, during Easter weekend. I was looking online for where, where it was, when it was on. It used to show, like, every the weekend before. Really? It used to show, like, every, like, Easter Sunday on, I don't know if it was, like, ABC or NBC or, like... Yeah, ABC, the Easter Saturday, going into Easter Sunday, because that movie's so damn long <laughs> that it would go until, like, 1 a.m. And they would just play it, like, starting at 10, and they go to 1. And, like, that's how I spent the day before Easter, or the night before Easter, watching that movie. It was on, like, two weekends beforehand. And I'm like, oh, nope. But okay, yeah. I, I mean, it's so weird. I don't know if we can like. It's going to be a long episode. Should we have like two, maybe? Yeah, bring two. Yeah, bring two to the table. Bring two. All right. So uh, that's a crisp baby. Episode. That's a crisp baby. That it'll be crispy. In episode baby. In episode four oh four. Episode not found. You know because. Uh, did- I thought you were saying I was going <laughs> to lose it again. Yeah. Could happen. Hey, 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 I lost an episode. I can't give John any problems about yeah, that. It happens. But that I, I like lost an episode too. There's just no, there's just no fixing it. Okay, so th- yeah, so this would be the second episode. But I haven't done any shit, guy. Uh, don't put this on me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. But until next time, everybody, thanks for listening. Rate us and review us over on whatever you listen to us on. Uh, 
Follow us on the Facebooks, the Instagrams. Emails, contact at Bagan Broadcast, uh, or no, Bagan Broadcast at gmail.com. 